I'm speaking to Nathan Pinnock James. Nathan grew up in the London borough of Lewisham. As a child, he developed an interest in public transportation. This led him to start the YouTube channel Network Nathan. He is currently a student at the University of Leeds where he is pursuing a BA in geography with transport studies. So I'd like to start a little bit by talking about your background. Where did you grow up? I grew up in southeast of London in a borough called Lewisham. Grew up there my whole life. I was born there, grew up there. What was your experience of growing up there like? It had its ups and downs. I enjoyed it because I was around people from a vast amount of upbringings, for example, different cultures, different religions. And in comparison to the rest of the UK, not many other cities are like that. So growing up there was a good experience for myself. But also there was downsides because of the particular area I grew up in was not the most affluent area. So there was lots of crimes that were going on, nothing to do with me in particular, but I would be aware of stuff quite frequently at a young age, which I feel like most kids shouldn't be brought to light on. You feel like your community too was lacking on resources to help people to avoid some of those things? I noticed a shift. At first, I noticed a lot of community-based projects going on and then it kind of dipped down as I got older. And that's when I noticed there was like a rise in like crime in the area or just people committing antisocial behaviors. So I wouldn't say it started off like that, but it definitely decreased to a stage where there was a lack of community stuff to do. So you talked about the programs in your community when you were growing up. What sort of programs and services were most impactful to you? Stuff like drama classes and community sports. I used to take part in a thing called Dilution Community Sports, which ran every holidays. So throughout Christmas, Easter, and then summer holidays, I took part in that for about five to six years. This was something that we had to pay for. So that's what I mean in the sense there was more stuff available to us prior, which were free that we were able to go to. Then it got to a stage where there was money had to be paid to take part in these services. But that specifically made me realize just a big about my community and just have a lot of role models within my community itself. And how would you say your experience of growing up there really helped to shape you? I feel like growing up in Lewisham in general shaped me a lot because it, again, brought me around people from a vast amount of different communities and upbringings and allowed me to see different vasts of life. And then also growing up in the different community stuff that I had been a part of, a lot of people that were running these systems were a bit older than me, but grew up in the same area, which means I could relate to them and just shaped my personality and my unique culture, which I embrace to this day. And thinking more broadly about London, what makes London a great city to live in? Oh, definitely the top thing is the transport system, of course, which is what I live and breathe. Definitely the diversity again, and it's the different cultures, as it is a multicultural city, as it has so many different peoples of different countries and different cultures. I just love how there's a synonymous London culture that regardless of where you are brought up or where your family are from, there's an understanding of a London culture that everyone kind of relates to. I know that there's kind of a difference in identity depending on what side of London you're from. What would you say is sort of the South London identity? The thing is, as the years go on, they become so mixed up, so you can't really tell the difference. But I think South London, I feel like the main thing is if we talk about multiculturalness, there's a lot of different, obviously, cultural groups within different areas of London. For example, South London has a big Caribbean and African culture. Up north, there's a big Jewish culture. And if you go to the east of London, there's a lot of Asian people there. Each area of London has different cultures. So I wouldn't say there's a significant like South London, East London stuff. It's just wherever their family were from, whatever cultures they had kind of mixed in with the London culture, 
made their East London or South London or North London culture. And that's where the divide is a bit. And obviously a bit of the slang as well, certain slang words that are used, certain terminologies used is a bit different in the South than the North. Now, what are some of the potential drawbacks of living in London? It's really hard to answer. Obviously, I'd have to answer that for myself, not as just anyone in London. I feel the rise in crime, I guess, but it doesn't particularly involve me. It's just more that I've been aware to stuff that I really feel like I shouldn't have to growing up as a child. And it's quite constant. I feel like there's a big indication that a lot of police within London have, I don't want to say it's a direct and like thought out agenda, but it seems to be quite apparent that young black boys seem to be the target for a lot of police, either brutality or arresting within London. And again, not to say it's myself, but I've been witness to it and people that I've known when they haven't done anything wrong. And that's a big thing that happens in London that really dislike about it. And sadly, that's happening too here in America. So yeah. unfortunately, it's definitely not unique to London or to the yeah, UK. Absolutely. How did you first get interested in public transport? I know that's a big part of your life. Oh, public transport. I think the main thing for me was when I was younger, I used to go on a lot of days out with my mom and she doesn't know how to drive. She hasn't got a driving license. So every day out would require us to take some sort of mode of transport. And going on those days out all across the city of London just made me appreciate just the transport system in general and like broadened my understanding of it and kind of my obsession of it really. So what inspired you then to go from that to starting to make YouTube videos? There's a couple of things, actually. The main thing was in 2020, obviously, the coronavirus pandemic. It was just to occupy my spare time because I was a bit bored, didn't have much to do at home. And obviously, that was the thing that was going through my brain a lot of the time, looking up different transports, news and different networks and all that stuff. So I thought, why not put that information into YouTube videos? Second thing, a big inspiration was a YouTuber called Jeff Marshall. He makes obviously a lot of London-based transport videos. And I've been watching his videos since I was little. And he was the only YouTuber that was making these type of videos. And it was something about his like confidence and him embracing his weirdness about transport that really just like inspired me to be like, oh, I have this weird kind of niche interest in transport as well. Why can't I take a camera, record myself and talk about it? And I feel like, Lastly, I love my friends a lot, but none of them have the same interest in transport that I do. And I felt like in my younger years, when I would talk about it, I'd be ashamed to talk about it because it's not that they wouldn't listen. They would listen, but they didn't have much to add to the conversation, which just felt a bit like I was seeking a bit more. So doing this, I had in mind that even if it reached the right crowd, if it was like 10 people, 20 people, that's still 10 or 20 people more I can have a conversation about transport with and an in-depth conversation. And it has worked out because I've had many different conversations with many people about transport and it's been great. So you mentioned that Jeff Marshall was an inspiration for you starting to make videos. Have you ever had a chance to meet Jeff? Oh, I've encountered Jeff about twice or three times. Most of the times have been when an extension or a line has been opening. But the first time I did meet him, I think I was about... 15 years old and I was at Brixton station. Bear in mind Jeff's about probably like six three or something. He's a really tall guy. So I was walking along the platform and I look at this guy with a camera in his hand. I look up and I was like, oh no. I was that kind of like starstruck. I couldn't even get the words out because I had been watching this guy for a couple of years at this point. And obviously my obsession for trains is like he's the only person I knew who made these videos. So it was a big thing. So yeah, I look at him and then I got up to him and was like, oh, are you Jeff? And I was like, yeah, are you Jeff? I had to say to him, I'm not usually a fanboy, but like, I actually really love what you're doing. He's like, oh, you're not a fanboy, but you just came up to me and said, you love what I'm doing. And we both started laughing. And then the train came, so we went on our different ways. Somehow we ended up getting off at the same station, which was Penge East, if anyone from London's listening. 
And I had to go up to him again because I felt while I was on the journey, I was like, I need to take a picture of him. I need to have a conversation with him properly because I was too starstruck at the beginning. So I got off the train, went up to him because he was a bit ahead of me, had a little conversation. He took a little photo of me and then that was it. I remember the rest of the day feeling just so good because it's a different feeling meeting someone that you actually do look up to and appreciate their art. So yeah, but a lot of the times were when the Northern Line extension had opened and then when Crossrail had opened or Elizabeth Land, I should say, is the correct name. That's awesome that you've had a chance to meet him, that he turned out to be someone who was really friendly and approachable. Yeah, a humble guy. He probably gets a lot of people coming up to him. So his reaction, he actually had a conversation with me instead of just brushing me off as just a random person. So it was quite nice. And how does having that deeper interest in public transport affect your experience when you're actually using the public transport system in London? Oh, I think it helps me have a greater sense of direction and a great appreciation for transport. For example, I sometimes don't listen to music when I'm on the train because I like to listen to the announcements or how the train's moving. I've picked out different stuff on the network that most people are not aware to. And when I'm out with my friends, they'll see me do that. And then when they go out by themselves, they will notice those stuff as well because I will tell them about it. So I feel like it's just kind of educating people more about little different niche, little things about the network. What are your favorite parts of London's public transport network? Oh, the main thing is just, I guess, in comparison to the rest of the UK, it's just London's network is so vast and has many different systems because you've got the tube, then you've got the mainline services, then you've got the DLR and the tram, which are two light rail networks. And obviously you've got the big red buses as well. I think it's just the main vast of different networks within one city just amazes me. What are some of the things that you think could be improved perhaps about London's transport network? I feel like most people that live within London and especially South London can agree that the South of London need more tube lines. I think that's the main thing that can be improved within the city. And another thing is since obviously they put in place night tube, a lot of people, especially women, have felt safer at night because they have another mode to get home instead of having to get a a two-hour bus journey. So they have a tube to get home. So I feel like more tube lines need to incorporate a night service, even if it's on a Friday, Saturday, or the ones that have night services currently to be on each day of the week. So they're still that night service every day of the week so women and people in general can feel safer at night and have another mode of transport to get home and i would say another thing is probably just increasing the metro services on the mainline services to have more frequency because they are great services and they reach very far distances but they're not as frequent so i feel like that could also be improved when you're talking about the metro services what are you specifically referring to oh so yeah it's a bit unclear so the term metro services, so obviously you have the tube services, which are the, I guess, worldwide is used as the metro in most other cities. But then we have the mainline services, which are like suburban kind of mainline trains that they use. So, so they're divided into two. They're divided into mainline services that go far out of the city to different like towns around the city and obviously different cities in the UK. And then they have metro services within them, which are usually the same distance as a tube service would be, but they are run by the mainline operators. So they have particular metro services, so those should be increased in frequency. Do you know why it is that South London doesn't have more tube service and more frequent train service? Well, originally it was to do with the type of ground that was within South London. It's either sand or clay, either one. One of them the north of London had, so it was easier to dig tunnels within that, but the South London had not the same consistency, so it's harder to build tunnels. Obviously, technology has advanced since then. I feel like the reason now is more just because of money, realistically. Back then, it was more of who had the money and who could build the railway as fast as they could and more of a competition between different operators. But now it's within one system. It's more about which one will bring the most return. 
And I feel too like it's tricky when you've got a lot of government cutbacks happening to get that money too, just in general, when there are all these other things that are sort of competing for that same money now. Literally. What other cities outside of London do you enjoy in terms of the public transport systems? If you're referring to the UK, I would have to reference to Manchester because they have quite a nice tram system. And I like how they have like a yellow tram system. It's unique. I haven't seen a tram system use the yellow colouring before. If you're using outside of the UK as your question, I would have to say Japan as they've been at the forefront of just technological advancements in general, but especially within transport. They've just been at it for decades and I would just love to go and experience Japan. And I think they have a great system there. So other than Japan, are there any other dream places you'd like to go to ride their systems? New York, 100%. I feel like because that's the most comparable to London, I've heard a lot of the times. The city in general, less than the transport system, but I feel like the transport system could also be good to contrast between the two of them as well. Yeah, one thing that's interesting about New York system is that they run a lot of different services along the same lines, which makes it confusing. And then they have like express trains and local trains. And so, so it makes it interesting to try to figure out which train you need to get. I agree. If you're saying it like that, there's something similar in the UK where we have the subsurface tube lines, which is the Metropolitan Circle District and Hammersmith and City lines. And for part of their lines, they also run alongside one of each other's services. So that can also get quite confusing as the board doesn't say how long the train is. It just says next train to X destination and it can change just like that. So that can also be quite confusing, like you said about the New York one. It is fascinating too, what you talked about with London's network, how it was built at different times and with different standards. And so it's so complex in that way. Yeah, exactly. It's quite interesting at the end of the day though. What would be your dream extensions to the tube or new tube lines? Oh, that's a very good question. The first one, obviously, the Bakerloo line extension, which is an extension further southeast. As I said, more tube lines need to be built in the southeast. So from Elephant Castle down towards Lewisham and further south, I would say... Another one is extension of the Elizabeth line more eastwards, so it can connect with other southeastern services or east past Abbey Wood. I feel like there needs to be extension of the tram network. So the tram network is currently within just the south of London and quite south of London. So I feel like it could branch up a bit more towards the centre. There was also talks about this cross London tram, cross link tram. I can't remember the exact term, but I think it's a tram that would cross the Thames, obviously, using the centre of London. And I feel like that could be quite a good transport network to be added to the city. And do you think that any of those are likely to happen at any point? Because I know that the Bakerloo line extension seems less likely given the pandemic and everything. Literally, I don't think any of them are likely. I feel like the Bakery line is the most consulted out of all of those. So it's gone through a lot of processes and the route has been finalized, but I feel like none of them are going to happen anytime soon, realistically. I've also heard mention of another north-south crossrail line, which would be interesting too to see if that ever comes to fruition. Yes, Crossrail 2. What I'm confused about, now they've named Crossrail 1 the Elizabeth line. I don't know what they're going to name Crossrail 2. Because if they kept the Crossrail naming, it would be simple. Crossrail 1, Crossrail 2, and use different colouring. But now they've called this Elizabeth line. I don't know if they're going to follow suit and call it the Charles line or whatever they're going to do with it. But that's probably not likely to happen anytime soon either. I think you get at something interesting too, which is this the complexity of the tube map and how it's becoming difficult to even read the tube map with all the lines on there. Yeah, literally. There's two ways they can go about it. They either include all the services within the tube line or make a bigger map and include them all together. I mean, there's not really an easy way to go about it because the tube map looks amazing. And obviously the artist's design is amazing. And the way they've adapted it since 
but it's got to a stage where they need to either redesign it or just make the map bigger realistically. So you're studying geography right now at university. What made you decide to study geography? The main thing is geography with transport studies. The transport studies side is what I mainly came up here for, because when I was doing my research to go to universities, there were no universities that just did transport studies by itself. It all had to go with another, either economics or with geography. Those are the two main ones. And when I was doing my research, Leeds had one of the best transport institutions in the world. Like it was up in the like top 10 of transport institutions. So it felt like a no brainer, to be honest with you, really. What have your university studies been like so far? What have you been learning about transport from it? As I'm just entering into second year. So first year has a lot more compulsory modules where a uh, majority of them were geography modules. So I was enjoying them, but I was waiting for more transport and facts and modules to take place. But that happens more in second year. So I'm more excited to join second year to get to second year so I can learn a bit more about the transport side, less than the geography side. What career are you hoping to pursue once you graduate? Transport planning. I want to get into transport planning. That's definitely the route. I just want to have some sort of control of the proposals and stuff that's going on within the just transport realm because I have so many ideas in my head or so many things I think about a lot of the time and I just can't do anything. Because obviously someone, I don't know, the TFL headquarters is not going to listen to a random 20-year-old who hasn't got any experience. So I want to be able to get that experience and knowledge to then have my opinions and then bring it up to whoever has the control or maybe when I get the control and then put it into place. Is it your dream to work for TFL specifically someday? Not specifically TFL. I think I idolized them a lot when I was younger because I was unaware about obviously other transport systems in the world. So as I've been growing up and obviously part of the YouTube channel as well, I've been learning about different countries and different cities, transport systems. So I'd love to go to like another country one that stays in my mind a lot is India. I don't know why, because it has such a big population, but the transport system should be better considering there are people that are there, in my opinion, and I feel like it can be better. So I want to work somewhere like that to make more of a difference, because I feel like in the UK, as much as people complain, we do have quite a good transport system. You're going to university, obviously, in Leeds right now. In general, what is Leeds like? Leeds, from my experience being here for about a year and a bit, it's very student orientated, I've found. So mainly the clubs when you're going out on the weekend and the city life is usually a lot of it's oriented around the students experience, which is quite interesting compared to obviously being from London, where the students are not the main focus of the city. So that's one thing that I clocked a lot. And it's much more diverse than I thought it would be, because obviously being from London, I assumed everywhere outside of London was majority white people. But then I realised that just so many different races and different cultures just in different areas of the UK, which actually surprised me a lot. Has that helped you to feel more at home in Leeds than you thought you maybe would be? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I have friends of all cultures in London. So whatever culture of people I would have been surrounded by up in Leeds, I feel like I would have been comfortable anyways. As I said, as like a London culture, I feel like there's like a UK culture as well that most people can relate to. So I feel like anywhere I would have gone in the UK, I would have felt some sort of comfortability. What is the public transport system like in Leeds? I know it's obviously nowhere close to what London has. It's surprising, to say the least. I was expecting a bit more. It literally runs on a bus network, which isn't that frequent and isn't that well integrated with the other bus. Because basically it's all different private companies running different routes within Leeds, but they don't, for example, have like an integrated ticketing service where you can go on one brand that's like, 
Ariva, for example, and another brand that's like First Group. They're two separate brands and you can't get a ticket that allows you to go on both, which makes it quite confusing and quite hard. Luckily, where I live, it's only First where I need to get buses to and from. So it's quite simple and the app's quite helpful. So they just run on buses and they have a main railway station and that's pretty much it. No type of rapid transit system, which is quite upsetting to see. That's really surprising considering that Leeds is not a tiny city. Exactly. For the size it is, you'd expect it to have at least a tram or something, just something in the middle between a bus and a train. And how are the railway connections when you go home to visit London? Luckily, Leeds has a direct train from Leeds Station to London King's Cross. So it is quite quick and quite an easy journey. It depends on my money situation because sometimes I'll spend a bit too much one month. So I might have to get a coach down, but sometimes I save the bit so I can get a train down. The train's always better, obviously, but it's quite an easy connection to get down to London. I imagine too that the train's a lot faster than taking a coach. A hundred percent. I think it's like half the time. I think it's two hours 15 on the train and then four hours 40 on the coach. So it does shave a lot of time. That's impressive because certainly here in America, we don't have particularly fast trains. And so often it actually takes longer to take the train than it does to take a coach or to drive. Literally, I can imagine. Yeah, that's one thing about America that I don't understand how they have such an inadequate train system. Thank you for taking time to talk today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you too. It's been a pleasure as well. Thank you for having me.